So what's up? Uh, you know, I'm not gonna do the same gig as I, the same gag as I did last time. I'm sorry. I just I, I don't just remember, can't. I, what do you remember what you did last time? I did. I did. I just, I just started laughing like a like I was the fucking Joker, baby. <laughs> Because I, because I was, I was, I was hyping it up in my head, how much I really wanted to like be asked like, so what's up, f- for so long that like I, I just turned into the Joker just spontaneously, yeah. just for fun, Jokerified, yeah, Jokerified yeah. and loving it, yeah. Uh, what's up? Uh, it's fucking hot. It's already getting into like the twenty degrees over here, which in American is I don't know and I don't care. But yeah, like, that's fair. But uh, I'll, I'll run a quick conversion real quick. Yeah, but um, uh, yesterday I yeah, had it's six, yeah, it's getting up there for me too. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it, I just had the most god awful allergic reaction to pollen yesterday. I was sneezing like, like machine gun sneezing like yeah. multiple times every like few minutes or so, and that sucked because I wanted to get things done. But even though I could still walk around, even though I had energy, I just spent my entire day just laying in bed. All you can do, all you can do is fucking sneeze. Yeah, that's all I was able to do. And so I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to go to sleep and just like, just like, just like dream, dream of a world where pollen doesn't exist. And you can't without even any repercussions because you're just sneezing. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it it was that bad. It was that bad. Where like I where like I would be asleep, fully like ready to like just conk out and just nothing, just not just nothing. And then um, it actually ended up me. I actually ended up solving my problems in a really funny way, which was I filled up my bathtub full of water and then just dunked my head in the water and pseudo tortured myself so that yeah that'll that'll get rid of the pollen for sure yeah because it's just like it just it just got stuck up my giant nose and just like would not leave and so i was just like you know what i'm either kind of sometimes you just gotta do some fucking lines of water to clear out your schnoz sometimes you just gotta do sometimes you gotta do war crimes to yourself and pseudo uh uh you know do waterboarding to yourself in order to get the pollen out I mean, I don't think I don't think that's like pseudo waterboarding. That's like many steps removed from waterboarding. True, true. Although I was, I, although before I filled up the water, of the bathtub. <laughs> before you did, before you did that, you very much were lying on your back with a washcloth on your face and dripping water out. <laughs> oh my! God. How did you know? How did uh, explain? Were you possessing me at the time? <laughs> yeah, I was possessing you. Oh. Um. <laughs> Fucking, this is a complete tangent. But did you know that the my favorite anime in the world, uh, a place further than the a, a place further than the universe, um, the very first episode of that opens with the character with the protagonist being accidentally waterboarded by her mother. <laughs> no, I did not know this. I did. Like, the the girl like falls asleep with like a with like a, a t shirt over her face or something, and then her mom comes in and just like drips water on her, and she's just like she can't. She just like jolts awake. She can't breathe. <laughs> She gets waterboarded by her mother in the very first opening minutes of that ep- of that show. Holy crap! Like, and and I assume that this was like a gritty, realistic, like dark yeah, show, right? Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. Unbelievable! I, I, you, you get yeah, a- the pl- the place the place further than the universe that they go to is hell. Oh, oh great! <laughs> so, so so it's a doom tie-in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, what's up with you? I got my hair dyed. Uh, it's fu- Did you see the pictures? I have not. Oh, no. I've, oh, I've, check my Twitter. Check my Twitter. Oh, my gosh. Okay. okay. Rea- Live- react to this shit in real time. Feed my ego. Live react. All right. All right. All right. Oh, hell yeah. 
Right. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. That is that is an incredible shade. And I'm not even going to say what color it is, because uh, I think that everyone who's listening to this now, if there are people listening to this, uh, if this is left in, should go see this, because holy crap. It's fucking good as hell. That's that's what I've been up to. I've been, I, and I've also been just, I've been, you know what, no, I was in finals hell. Yeah. Also, um, on Wednesday, I hit two weeks since my second vaccine, which meant that I was clear to hang out with a friend for the first time in a year and a half. Um, and I gotta say, um, I, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm a bit, something a bit ungrateful about this when I say that, like, I, I've, I've had, I've gotten to see my family a lot over this past year and a half, but I've also had to see my family a lot over the last year and a half. Right. Like, and it's, it's really nice to, for once in, for the, for, I genuinely had forgotten what it was like to be in the presence of people whose company I chose to be in, as opposed to the company of people, uh, as opposed to being in the presence of family. Yeah. Did you ever have an experience, um, when you were hanging out with your friend where you felt like you were relearning how to be around other people? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. And, you know, I'm uh, I'm, I'm someone who has hung out with um, friends maybe like twice over the course of the of the of the yeah. last year. Um, like yeah, in I, person. I, actually did, I actually did go on like a, a socially distanced walk with this person back in like November. But aside from that, it's been all family all the time. Yeah. And and it. But even for me, even for like the limited exposure that I've had, you know, like it did feel like at a time where like. I've I've for once in my life had to live with uncomfortable silence just mm-hmm. because like everyone present was relearning how to be a human being not online which is which is wild to think about because you know I'm always Scatman John voice Scatman John voice I want to be a human being not a human posting right <sighs> I couldn't keep that pace up if I tried <laughs> I mean yeah, it's, that, that's, it, what you, that's whatever it comes to this podcast for, right? Like deep scat, like like not only am I not referencing the one Scatman John song that most people know, like I'd say a fair amount of people, like most people would know Scat, like I'm the Scatman, but also a fair amount of people would know Scatman's world. I don't think a fair amount of them would know like the verse to Scatman's world. I remember learning about Scatman John um, on Wonderful, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is one of the few good Macroid podcasts, um, and. Just like oh, I should ha- listen to that. How positive the song "I'm the Scatman" is. It is like it, like I I I John Larkin. I gen- like okay. Sorry, I'm gonna get a bit into this because John Larkin was like a fucking obsession of mine when I was uh, like 14 or 15. I had four of his CDs, including two that were only ever pressed in Japan. Wow. Um, like I I fucking love Scatman John. Like Scatman John is gen- genuinely just seemed like a really fucking nice guy. Like the 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 entire thing about you know the Scatman song is like about how he like he he had a huge fucking stutter as a kid and he like re- he like managed to like hammer that into the high quality scatting that we hear on all of his songs and I just think that's really really cool. And also I like his mustache. And and there's a and there's a, the message of the song I think is like the core of it is that like. He is scatting. He, uh, you know, like turned this what some people would call a hindrance into uh, a gift, and and still like, at the center of that right, song, like, everybody the, stutters one way or the other. So check out my message to you. As a matter of fact, don't let nothing hold you back. If the scat man can do it, brother, so, so can, can you. you. Like, like, 
that's he's that not is, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Even at the center of like this song about like his triumph, he's still like inviting other people to triumph along with exactly, him. Exactly, exactly. ba 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 da po. Ba 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 da po. All right, we should we should get into the podcast. This will be like the third episode in a row. I've just spent the opening ten minutes talking about something before we get into the title credits. So let's say that the music goes here. Welcome to Fear Baiting, everyone. It's your number one forced kinning podcast. I'm Sarah, and I'm joined by returning guest, John. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. What, did, did forced kinning really get you? It did. It did. I saw it coming, and it still it still wiped me out like a, like a runaway train just barreled into me. Uh, yeah, John returning. Uh, John last featured on our Blood Quantum episode, yes? Yes, episode 187, Never Forget. Oh, hell yeah. Honestly, like, that's a really short refractory period for someone to come back on this podcast. I, I, I don't know what, like, the... I wonder what, like, the record is for someone who... For someone to have come back on this pod after a guest spot. It's so the, funny the, you, you, it's so it's funny you mentioned that because, um... I uh, I actually when I when I signed up on the sheet again I was like ooh it's been a little bit it's been a little while but then I saw that like on the sheet someone had actually been a guest t- twice within five months and mm-hmm. so it's been six months since then so now I don't feel so bad exactly. I'm okay I'm okay with being second most anxious to be uh, on this podcast and second Listen, we, most eager we fucking the last episode we did was a fuck I love doing that episode and also I'm just gonna pitch you. On this now why don't you come on schlocktober this year huh oh my goodness i would be so honored and so thankful and yeah i i you know and and yeah i think that like that would be a 100 percent great thing to 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 be a part of because you know i i i I love the schlock you know we've watched two you know i don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves but i've seen we've seen two movies that where people were trying people were actually trying on these Uh movies and uh you know but like i also love garbage we yeah i mean that's what schlocktober is all about baby we love the trash We but love it. We, we don't have we don't have trash today. I'm, I, I'm, similarly to last time when Jeff Barnaby fed us a very delectable meal of blood quantum. This week, uh, Brandon Cronenberg has given us a delectable transgender narrative. The thing is that, like, I, I was talking to Blair about this before we started the before before we started recording, and I I just asked him the question like, why is it that every like why is it that every horror movie that i've seen that is incidentally a trans narrative has been so much more impactful on me than the actual like stories about and by trans people like i'm not trying to denigrate like stories written by about and for trans people sure, but sure. in any way but like i feel so much more about th- this movie and um under the skin is the other one i was referencing also oh, an yeah. exceptionally trans narrative on that one um 
like, I just feel so strongly about this. And Blair's response was, I think that it's, uh, hold on. Let me see if I can get the exact quote from him. Uh, blessed I, words from blessed Blair. Blessed, blessed word from B- blessed Blair. I think like the self is better recognized in metaphor than representation, which is so true. Yeah. And I think that, um, as you know, because there's, there's politics of representation, um, in existent in blood quantum as well, but because, Blood quantum, but blood quantum works because at the heart of that representation is this metaphor about surviving genocide, surviving right. It is, a plague. It is both. It is both metaphorical and representational. Like it is, it is both style and substance to look at that. Like, and obviously, like because you know Jeff Barnaby and most of the people involved were like native people. Like the the. You know, it's not the people like just trotting out like, you know, oh, we we, we put gay in our show. Do you love it? And yeah, it's like a bunch yeah. of, you know, straight writers like it is lived experiences. And but what's interesting is that I feel like so often like horror, horror directors. I mean, I say so often I only have I literally only have two weeks. I literally only have two examples for this. Um, like so often, though, like. I feel like this is almost like stumbled upon. Like I, I'm giving Brandon, I'm giving Brandon Cronenberg like an honorary trans title for this one, right? And I and and I and I kind of um, I I had this the, this feeling about that movie rewatching it again for this episode, and I was thinking to myself, you know, should I bring this up? Should I ask Sarah what what she thinks of it? And I thought, well, no, I think like it's really not my place as a as someone who doesn't, you know, someone who doesn't consider themselves trans, you know, I. I wanted to put that ball in your court because like, you know, that's really for you to connect to. And I like, think, I mean, even, even if we set us, even if we set aside the part where like we see Andrea Riseborough, I don't actually how to pronounce that. Last. I, I keep wanting to go out at like Risenborough, but there's no N Riseborough. I'll just say that yeah. when we like us, even setting aside that shot where we like see her and then see a fat cock between her legs, which I'm not complaining. I love to see that shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, like, even, even setting that aside, this movie is so, like, interesting. This movie is so genders. Oh, yeah. And and and, and that's the thing about... Uh, I think that's why some of these movies um, that are not explicitly trans narratives become so captivating for people who are trans is that because, like, the trans experience is in some ways inexplicable. It's inexplicable to people who live outside that experience, but it's also, like, gender, like, realizing how nebulous gender is fucks everybody up. You it know? does! And so, and so you're kind of like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to put the pieces together while the ship is sinking and there's, and there's a ticking time bomb. It's like, you're trying to construct yourself, your history, right. try and you, fit in all the parts s- of you. And then it's just you like, are not only building, you're not only building the track in front of you as the train goes, you're also like building all of the track behind it. And you're also like bu- maintaining the train and you're just like, you're doing so many, oh God. Ah, oh. yeah. God, fuck this, 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 oh, this movie fuck god damn it i'm sorry i'm gonna be saying just a lot of expletives because i god this was a good fucking movie yeah for sure like like i i i i put this movie on the list of movies i wanted to see because i had plans to see it um um you know going back for as long as since i've known the about the movie and knowing that like the movie delivered on the cerebral stuff as well as the metaphorical stuff like is 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 so satisfying oh god 
yeah the oh god the effect the 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 gore in this movie oh my god on a completely different on a completely different angle oh sorry okay we should actually talk about the movie instead of just me just going oh uh, uh," about the movie about the movie for a fucking hour so um so the first thing that happens in this movie is that there are like 50 production titles and i love when i see that because that means that like I get the same vibe from I like the, the only two movies I can think of that have that like the the barrage of like ten production studio titles is this and The Witch, and yeah I I know that The Witch was like The Witch was like kickstarted I believe or crowdfunded to some extent which is why there are all those producer titles in there and so I just get like a, I get like a strong vibe a good vibe for some reason whenever I see all those titles but at the same time like I say that but I'm sure that like out there somewhere is like some crowdfunded movie uh, called like triggered and it's like got 50 title credits in the front because it was also crowdfunded. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely, and it, and it, and it, and it, and it uh, it's a great signifier of like a movie that came together with a lot of hands and like, sure. Mm-hmm. The director, Brandon Cronenberg is, you know, son of David Cohen, uh, Cronenberg and his sister is Caitlin Cronenberg. And, you know, like, you know, there's a lot of like, you you can be very cynical about a movie directed by a director's son, you know, like like not to name names or anything, but you know, like the track record isn't great. But this right, movie, well, but I yeah. mean, like I, I mean to be fair, I I think I think Max Landis will always be a better director than his father because Max Landis did not kill two children in a terrible stunt. Yeah, we can we can at least give we don't have to hand it to him, but you know there is that. <laughs> He did not. Ki- he did not kill three people due to his in- due to his incompetence. Right, right, and 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 really, it's it's his it's it's the incompetence in other areas that you know is why he's such a fail son. But um, you know, but like you know, Brandon Cronenberg, this movie coming out and it being as put together as it as uh, as well as it is. You mm-hmm. look at the production labels before the movie starts, and you're like, okay, a lot of people had faith in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know. I oh god I I I just realized that Brandon Cronenberg this I th- I thought this was Brandon Cronenberg's debut uh, feature film but he actually done one back in 2012 called Antiviral which I have not myself seen but like one of the people whose opinions I respect most listed as one of his favorite movies of all time so that's gonna be a future episode so Brandon you, you you're coming back on this one Brandon yeah absolutely and you know you. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna hold Brandon Cronenberg's feet to the fire in the sense that, like, you know, we're not gonna just sort of expect him to um, coast by on his name. He's gonna have to deliver really interesting narratives and really interesting pieces. And uh, for this one, uh, what seems to be his sophomore film debut, um, you know, what of what a what a picture. So no after, slump detected. Yeah. So after the credits, uh, we enter. Uh, a scene with um, uh, our, our one uh, one uh, uh, Holly Bergman. Yes, Holly, um, and uh, played by Gabriel Graham. Um, Holly Bergman is um, she is uh, is she staring? Is she looking in the mirror? I, I was trying to yeah, count how like many. Yeah, like we we see we see her like we see her like looking in a mirror and like parting her her like her like uh, her um. Her her cornrows a little bit uh, to like get at something and like put uh she like just stabs a needle in there and like does the like tunes her frequency a little bit like plays a Batman Arkham Asylum mini game I know I made that joke last week and I apologize for repeating it but it's just in my head um 
And then she like she pops it out and seems a little bit distraught. But uh, someone calls her and is like, "All right, let's get going." Uh, and so she like she joins up with the rest of them. I, th- what exactly are they? Do they say what what they are? Like the group of girls, like they're dressed similarly. So like my first instinct was like they're like a cheerleading team or something. Like yeah, they're they're, they're on the sidelines for the fucking cowboys or some shit. Yeah, they're dressed in athleisure, um, very much like um like tracksuit vibes going on. Yeah, but, but yeah. the 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 occasion that they're going to is like a, a sort of like a like a party almost. Um, maybe like a, like a, it's like an indoor like party in like a hotel room or whatever or hotel Mm -hmm. space and yeah holly um she you know she has this um shoulder bag is it like one of those like shopping bags or is it like an actual proper like like handbag i i can't remember i think i think think she's got a handbag but i i don't quote me on that yeah she uh she walks up to uh this dude um this very knockoff john goodman looking guy and just does look like bargain bin john goodman yeah i i hate to i hate to i hate to put that man on blast but you know come on and uh just absolutely blast this man with a knife uh that she that she uh uh does she pull it out of the bag or does she or does I she i think she i think she like i i think she pulls it out of the bag but like she like cuts into his she like cuts into his throat like one would a fine salisbury steak and then just stabs him like 80 times um absolutely and then Covered in blood, Holly stands up and pulls a gun out of her po- out of her bag, puts it in her mouth, and says, "Pull me out." Um, she tries to shoot herself, but she can't. Uh, then a bunch of cops roll up. She turns the gun on them, and then the cops just explode her with bullets. Yeah, and there's also this incredible, like this incredibly weird and kind of like out of place scene where, after she gets dropped by the cops, um, yes, Holly Bergman, by the way, is a is a is a is a is a black Canadian. Um, uh, she's played by uh, uh, Gabrielle Graham, who's a Canadian actress who's black. Um, mm-hmm. One of the officers walks up to her and shoots her in the face. To right, which... this like fucking this like fucking after the bell rings shot of like we just see her on the floor and I'm like from like the uh, it's hard to explain but like like if someone were to, like shoot through your cheek like and it came out and it came like if someone just like shot clean through your cheek fat like that's what it would look like yeah and like a and like a fountain of blood just falls mm-hmm. right out of falls uh like just spurts out of her face and... and and then we hard cut to some like some medical facility somewhere. Where someone is, where someone, our, our protagonist, uh, 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 Tazia Voss, uh, is like waking up and is very freaked out. And then we get our late title card drop and it fucking rules. I love like the, the ugly mustard yellow shade that they use for this movie. Yes, yes, absolutely. It, it, it definitely speaks to like the kind of like sickly psychic nature it's like um yes. some of the some of the best scenes in um beyond the black rainbow um mm-hmm. play with light in that way and it's just a flood of colored light um yeah very very cool very very awesome and i think um yeah like the medical uh room that she opened that she that she awakens in is kind of like this like black darkened room with like a massage bed in it and she's got like this like helmet on she she sits up and she she vomits because she's just like so distraught from the uh the abrupt disconnection and then yeah there's that tile drop and it's just you know we are in the middle of it there are no short there there are no long there are no um round there's no roundabout really um 
yeah, I love how I love how this movie just moves from scene to scene in a completely efficient way, but without sacrificing the artistry of like how some scenes right. how this, some this scenes can is, shot. This movie is like impeccably put together. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the Matthew Hannum, uh, I'm just shouting out the editor. Good shit, editor. Good shit, Matthew Hannum. Absolutely. Uh, anybody who is also a fan of other Toronto-based films, there's the film Enemy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, uh, that movie also has like lots of like very similar shots to this one. So if you were a fan of Enemy, please check out. The, oh, is that the one, one with the giant fucked up spider at the very end? Yes, yes. And that's not a spoiler because it really does. That really is just kind of at the end of the movie. <laughs> just for no real reason, huh? Yeah, it's a very it's a very interesting movie. Um, I have watched it because I was a Jake Gyllenhaal completionist, and it was all right. Uh, but uh, what happens to Voss after she wakes up? She after the title cut, we get a sort of um, interrogation scene, kind of like a um, like a, a like a detox, not a, detox, um, a debrief. Yeah, I get it's it's like the exact opposite of those scenes in the in the Marvel movies where they're reading a book a, a book of words to Bucky to Bungie, where they're like red thir- seventeen home, exactly and, yeah. And now, uh, I, yeah. I I if you don't have an answer, this is a weird question. So if you don't have an answer to it off the top of your head, that's fine. But if you were if you were Captain America, Bungie, Winter Soldier. What would your, like, what is your activation, like, phrases? Like, a set of, like, a ten or so words that, like, turns you into the hyper-efficient killing machine, the Winter Soldier. Because for me, and I've made, and I've, I've, I've mentioned, but for me, it's definitely um, all of the English words in Golden Time Lover, the third Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> like, you just walk, you walk up to me and you say, Golden Time, Pressure Game, Borderline, Poker Fit, and I'm just like, who do I kill? <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, the last time I heard a set of words that made me want to um, enact violence was a butter pussy. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to blame it on you. I'm going to I'm going to say that you're the reason why I got Jokerified and why I, why I turned into the best killing machine this side of the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> I forgot that I said that one. Yeah. I wish I could forget. <laughs> But here well, we are. All I, all I do is log on and inflict psychic damage to all of my listeners. That's true, but we love you for it. Aw, shucks. Um, so, yeah, we, we find out a couple of things about Voss. She, like, we, we tell her that, uh, we, we find out that um, uh, she's just like, oh, yeah, this is a pipe from my grandpa. He died before I was born. This is a butterfly that I killed and pinned and boxed up when I was a kid. I'm still, I still feel guilty about it. Yeah. Um. And then we see, um, uh, uh, we we find we we hear Voss be like, "Hey, I think I need a vacation." I've been talking to Michael, and her handler Gerder is like, "You and Michael have been separated for a while," and she's like, "Well, I've I've been talking to him still. I've been I've been talking with him." Yeah. Um. Um. By the way, um. Uh. Voss's boss. Uh. Which is a a great a great a, a great a great um term. Uh. Gerder. Uh. She's played by Jennifer Jason Lee. Um. Gerder looks exactly like the boss that fired me from my last full time job. <laughs> so. Uh. I was very much not on her side the first time I saw her, but she's um. Yeah, she's kind of got like this cold, kind of like very quiet ish personality. She says things like um. 
oh, uh, I can't afford to lose you. Make sure that there's no like that your mind's okay and blah blah blah. And I and I and uh, you know like you're our prime asset. You know she very much right. is, she she's very much buttering up Voss. Um, yeah, and and we also it's also like explicated to us the audience that Voss is very little more than like like. Huh, I wonder if it means anything that Voss is being be very actively chewed up and spit out by the system that she is uh, for putting herself into to work, and the system is just like, yeah, you're our best asset. We need you at our. We need you at peak performance. Wonder if it means anything. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, anyway, so uh, we cut to Voss standing at the very end of a row of. Um, it's very a very uh, peculiar kind of like side like street. It's like a cul-de-sac, but it's like it's like a street made up of all driveways. It's very strange looking. But um, mm -hmm. uh, we cut to Voss. She's looking down this the street. She's standing at the the end of the street, looking at this house, uh, which we presume is to be like her house where that she shares with Michael and her son. Uh, uh, what's her son's name? Ira? Ira, uh, yeah. Yeah, and she's, like, practicing being a human being. Like, it's... Not... It's... Yeah. The thing is that when I say that this movie is extremely trans, like, this is one of the things that I'm talking about. Like, I have... I have, on so many occasions, just, like, before I go into, like, a store, before I get in line, before I, like, go do a thing, I've just, like, practiced intonations of, like, oh, hi, how are you doing? Like, practicing my, like, my, my attempts at girl voice or whatever the hell it is that I'm doing the voice. Yeah, and, and you're vaping and you're, and you're, like, you know, practicing these phrases that you practicing know Practicing these will... phrases, these mannerisms, like, yeah. it's a very, it's, it's very, it's a very, like, doing trans kind of scene. Yeah, very much so because you know, um, because like Voss, you know, is being as we've mentioned, like being chewed up by this process where she possesses these people and then uses their bodies to do harm. You know, um, mm -hmm. very much kind of messed up. And so we, uh, you know, um, she actually does manage it. She she goes up to the house. She knocks on the door. She is greeted by Michael and Ira, and she. Um, comes inside and she even uses the phrases like almost the exact phrases that she was practicing yep yep yeah and uh you know she's th those are her like stepping stones onto the path that will lead her into being like mom for uh, uh mom again basically yeah i feel like i am mom again mom again <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what ha so she has she has uh, sex with Michael right she 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 oh we have has... we, we have to we have to bring up something more important than sex which is um the absolutely terrifying doll that Ira pulls out and... oh I forgot I forgot about the doll I got so distracted by the fact that you can see an Among Us helmet in the next scene that I completely forgot about the doll okay true there is a there is a, a very sus looking helmet in the next scene <laughs> but before that we see uh uh. Brahms, uh, the boy Brahms needs to roll over because this doll that this uh, little boy Ira makes dance by using the power of STEM technology mm -hmm. um, is the most terrifying goddamn thing I have ever seen in my life. Um, it's a doll that looks like a fucked up like 
take a head of one of those dancing Santas with the um, the saxophone and then replace its head with a too large, like, Chucky head with just this the doll, most... This doll looks indescribably racist. Yeah, with just the most... With just the most ratty hair that you've ever seen. And right. no neck. And, and it does this dance, which looks like no dance I have ever seen a human being perform. And... You know, um, Ira says, you know, do you want me to make him dance? And then and then we see the bat dance. And then, you know. Oh, 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 that just clicked for my head. Like the like the fucking the puppeteering. Like it's it's yeah, like it's this it's the movie. It's the movie. It's a microcosm. It's do you want to see him dance? And then that's what she does. To That's what her job is. Very she makes much people so. dance. And and in the same way that um like the the head of the of the body is so distorted, and we'll we'll get to distorted heads in a bit. I feel uh, like we should also explain what exactly her job is because we have not explicated it. I feel like at this point, which is that her job is to body jack other people and use those bodies to perform assassinations and then kill the body to get out of the body. Yes, um, very much so. Um, and we get a little bit more information about how that happens later. But before that, we do have to return to the uh, the very sus uh, space helmet and the sex yep. scene. She puts her she puts her baby boy to bed and then goes to fuck her husband Michael. But all she can think about during that scene during that uh, thing is the uh, the the knife piercing the neck flesh of of the lawyer who she killed at the start of the movie, and. At, like, one point after the sex, she, like, wakes up and walks down the hallway and, like, uh, 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 she, uh, Michael is like, oh, I fucking hate this relationship. This is, this is not Poggers at all. And I fucking hate this. And then he starts bleeding out from his neck and it becomes clear that it's a dream. But she's very fucked up about it. Yeah, she, uh, he, he, he specifically uses the words, uh, I want you to move back in. I hate this. Like referring yes. to, yes, like re- referring to a number of things, but you, you get the impression that he's referring specifically to her work, which, uh, you know, evidently he's not really in, uh, which will become evident later. He's not really in on, he's not really, um, privy to like what she does. Um, and we learn about that in a really big way. And, uh, when she does step out of the room, um, she, she, what, what prompts him to say, I hate this and I want you to move back in with us is, um, she immediately makes a call back to her boss and she says, I'm ready to do the job. Let's do it. You know, call me back. And so it really is the situation where she is being given this framing of like having to live between two lives, the, her work and her, and her, her family, and right. uh, you know, well, when and, it comes time to shit or get off the pot with her family, she's just immediately, uh, "I'm gonna go dive back into work." Bye. Exactly, and that's uh, and that's you know definitely related to the to the to some of those bigger themes that we alluded to that may or may not exist. And so after they have uh, the scene where um, her husband, uh, she hallucinates her husband um, bleeding from the neck. We cut to Voss uh, sort of being prepped for the um, being briefed on the um, the mission that will take up the the sort of kicks off like the second yep. act. We we get Sean Bean. Uh, Sean Bean is John Parks, uh, his daughter, Ava. They both need to die. Uh, and the uh, the the body jacker, the possessee will be uh, one Colin Tate, who looked staggeringly like Kit Harrington, I have to say. It took, I, I kept being like, 
Is that Kit Harrington? And I, I looked up the actor Christopher Abbott a handful of times, and he's been another. He's been in other movies that I loved. Like he was, uh, It Comes at Night, which oh, was yeah. a fucking phenomenal movie. The, banger, real banger. God, I, I I think about the ending, the last shot of that movie. I think about that a lot. Yeah, and and uh, he was also in um, uh, uh, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Which I heard, um, you know, made a lot of buzz, like, uh, at some point in the 2010s. He was in Girls, which sucks because Girls is terrible. Uh, and, but he was also in, um, he plays uh, John Yasarian in Cash yeah, 2. my boy Yasarian. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is Kit Harrington Jon Snow? Yeah, Jon Snow. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he, they have that same kind of, like, beady eyes and, like, the eyebrows. Yeah, kinda, that's what it is. Kind of look, yeah. Um, but yeah, Colin Tate is the one who's going to be the one to take out Ava and um, and her dad. And basically, they're going to be setting it up so that um, Ava's stepbrother is going to be the one who inherits the company that um, John Pars uh, runs. Uh, what's it called? Like Zello or something? It's something really strange, like with a Z. Or I, something. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make note of it. Honestly, they only they only say it like once or twice. But we do very crucially learn about what the company does, which is um, it uh, uh, it works as a data mining company, uh, and, and which is really important because this company that it, that um, Voss works for, their entire thing is like espionage like they they get intel on people they track people they learn things about people so um once this company owns part of that company that john parse runs they'll have access to all of this data and this information that they can use to then later do bad shit Mm -hmm. right and we we after after um after Voz jumps into the body, we see after Voz jumps in the body of Colin, we see him doing his job at this place. And it just seems like fucking like, do you remember those stories that were coming out two, three years ago about the yeah. Facebook employees who yeah. were forced to monitor whose like jobs were to monitor like obscene content. And they just like saw a bunch of like vo- brutally violent shit day in, day out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's the first thing that I thought of when I, when I saw this movie for the first time was just because, um, because Tate, Colin Tate, um, the reason why he, um, the reason how he knows Ava is that he was originally like her drug dealer or whatever. And then they fell in love. And, um, Colin is very much like this, like unstable part of Ava's life. So that's why they targeted him to Mm -hmm. be the one to kill John and Ava. Um, but Colin works at the company that they're trying to take over uh, because he's being given a job by Ava's dad, and um, that will become it's, a major. It's just a job. Later. It's just a job working in the mines, and working in the mines is like this harrowing thing of like you you put on these fucking VR looking goggles and you get like in the VR space there is like a, in the in the virtual inter in the virtual interface there is like a computer and on that computer is being displayed the like the whatever footage you're supposed to be looking at. And it is like, it is like so many levels of abstraction through which Vaz is experiencing this, like Vaz through the eyes of Tate, through the eyes of this VR machine, through the monitor of this, through a camera feed of someone else's home. And I just think that's pretty neat. 
Yeah, um, for anybody who wants to take a look at the real life uh, world of content moderators, um, there's a documentary called The Moderators by Adrian Chen and Kieran Cassidy. Um, it's on the fieldofvision.org website. It's a documentary that talks about specifically folk, uh, um, folks who try and do content monitoring in India um, uh, for Facebook. Uh, and some of the shit that they see is just awful but and and we get we get uh, we get glimpses of that as well we see um uh we see like glimpses into people's homes we actually see a couple having sex as well um and colin tate's job is to look through these vr glasses and to look at do all these like different camera feeds to identify blinds which is yet another abstraction on vision because it's like mm -hmm. the the idea of like blinds being things like our way of controlling what other people see of of our insides oh so. fuck oh sh oh fuck <laughs> God and like and also the other way where it's just like the 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 viewing has to be like restricted to just the blinds like the this comes to a head at the most when like there's a there's like a scene of like well first of all you see cock you you see the first of two cocks you see in this movie you see someone's dick out and uh, Tate Vaz gets caught up like watching this happen and I uh, uh, and then some someone's voice chimes in and is like Tate you're not doing a very good job hurry up and work faster. Um, what do you see in the blind? Stop looking at the sex. And he's like, oh, uh, uh, sorry, 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 ma'am. Sorry. Um, and at which point he just kind of like ducks out and is like, oh, fuck, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta fucking go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's, uh, it is one of those things where, you know, not only can, you know, you know that's a real literal who watches the watchman moment because mm -hmm. like the fact is is that like yes there's this panopticon of surveillance that like creeps just below the surface of the narrative of the movie and it's like yes there are people in the panopticon but there are also people watching the panopticon like right <laughs> it's 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 fucked up like there's a lot of layers to this so yeah he goes into the bathroom and he and he's having a fit and he's uh and he's just like you know what you know, you know he he communicates actually to Girder through um, the uh, implant that's in his brain. It's actually like a two way communicator as well. Uh -huh. um, and there's this like, you know, sort of like bit where uh, Voss is talking to Girder and saying like, you know, I'm in. You know, I'm adapting whatever. And uh, there's this like, there's this like real tension of like definitely feeling like an outsider and you kind of get this feeling that like Ava's really not in control of uh of Tate at all um and the and we also get that as well because um flashing back to when Ava was told about Colin Voss uh is spying on Colin and trying to pick up on some of his mannerisms another genders thing and 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 it gets even better because when the first night that Colin wakes up with Voss inside him um they have a conversation he has a conversation with Ava and Ava ends the conversation by saying you've gone strange on me and uh -huh. it, and it's just like <clears throat> that's a real moment of like wow you uh you are different now than when you were the when we went to bed you know your vibes are completely fucked bro <laughs> yeah yeah and so yeah so what happens after the uh the bathroom scene with um with Colin. Uh, Let me check my notes. Uh, 
Let's see. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, oh, right, right, right. Um, this is uh, there's like been some ephemera floating around. Colin, uh, Voss, Colin. Sorry, uh, that they, th these names are confusing. But I think just to be clear from now on, when God, this is so hard. I will just call him Tate Voss and then Tate because there's a point later on when Tate is in control. So Tate Voss. Um, is experiencing like some like it, it looks like like a, a glitch an artifact like uh, uh, just like floating in the air yeah um and uh, Tate boss calls back to her boss and is like hey I'm doing great not seeing any artifacts no ma'am not seeing a single damn thing of it um and then uh, then Tate boss goes home and sees Ava and does some lines with the girls right yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a scene where we meet um, some of Ava's like um, other friends, and um, you know, uh, there's like a kind of weird sort of clandestine relationship happening between Colin and one of them. Um, yeah, like a, like a, like a. I think they don't say it outright, but I think it's implied that like they fooled around at a party once or something. Yeah, yeah. It's very kind of um, it's very kind of like like layers upon layers of deception. Um, and and there's a scene where I I was really it was really funny that one of the friends, um, brags about jerking off in front of her camera so that mm -hmm. the company that Colin works works for knows what brand of vibrator she likes. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was just, line. you know, it definitely reminds me of like some people who who are like, you know, like, oh, I have nothing to hide from surveillance or from big government. So let them look through my camera. You know, I hope they yeah. like what they see or whatever. And it's just like, uh, I don't think that's how it works. But OK, watch me pop, watch me pop this pussy, FBI. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone who everyone who is responsible for monitoring my activity through the uh through the through my webcam does have a, a mug that says female body inspector on it <laughs> we're also um, attention starved during this pandemic so whatever we can get right yeah honest honestly like fbi man whoever is responsible for watching me like fbi dude if you've been like cranking it to me like I, I feel violated, but I also feel kind of, like, honored. So, like, let me know. Come on. It'll, wash. It'll cancel out the wash. A, 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 te a text from FBI. You up? <laughs> <laughs> a text from FBI. Can you bend over just a little bit further? I can't see your hole from this angle. <laughs> text from FBI. Post hole. Oh, God. Uh, anyway uh so um where were we right uh, so they do lines of the oh yeah this is the um this is the sex scene between uh tate voss and ava and it is like th there's a scene where like it we see tate like thrusting on top of ava but then like the camera cuts away and it cuts back and then all of a sudden it's voss's head and body but then the camera pans down and there is still a cock between voss's legs yeah and uh, it's good i appreciate that i appreciate this movie's commitment to showing me girl dick <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh it's um you know it's uh it's weird because like you know like you you saw Ghost um Ghost Watch was um the the last episode that was released as of recording mm -hmm. um and there's a really shitty part where they talk about like how a ghost yeah. trans is someone's gender and I I forgot that that existed and that, that was a real bummer to be to to remember that that happened but like it's weird because you would think that, like, in a movie like this where, um, you know, Ava is seen with having a penis between her legs, it's like, 
that's kind of it's kind of for shock. You would you would in a, you if in a cynical is, movie, like, in a worse yeah. movie, you would be you would be right in saying that was for shock and for nothing else. But it's so closely tied to like the idea of that like this movie is a character study of someone becoming uh like like separated from themselves and dehumanized within exactly. themselves. Yes. That like you're like, okay. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I I'm 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 smiling and nodding at this. And also, like I'm I'm gonna say, it's pretty nice looking cock. <laughs> Absolutely. Sorry, I had to Andrew, take a drink. Andrew Andrew Risborough was packing some schmeat. <laughs> uh let's see. Where'd we leave off? What's next? Uh let's see. Oh hey, there's cock in this movie. That's my last note. Um, oh yeah, okay, then we jump forward to the next day when there's, like, a party happening at, at uh, Ava's father, the, the hit target, John Pars's house, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. Sean Bean, everyone's favorite Sean Bean, who yeah. somehow survives this, he, <laughs> against all odds, he survives this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, the, uh, the hit goes, uh, pretty much kind of like this, so, Colin, um, or, sorry, uh, a- Ava, uh, calls Gerder on the the web phone and says Voss calls yeah, yeah sorry yeah sorry a uh, Voss calls Gerder and says yo I'm in um you know Colonel what's the mission and uh Gerder says you have to appear um you have to appear basically like like as unstable as possible and make a public scene and then do the job right so, so, so the way that this yeah. manifests is that like uh I Vaz as Tate like rolls up and is drunk drunk as shit rolls up to uh uh Pars with with Ava and they Pars is a very bad dad like not just shitty to not just not just shitty to Colin but also shitty to his daughter because he's like you like he at one point he basically says that like you walking up to me with this with this piece of shit on your arm shows that I have failed as a parent and there's nothing I can do to help you yeah and but uh so at, uh, visi- very visibly, pr- at least acting drunk, uh, Tate Voss rolls up and is like, you fucking piece of shit. You never respect me. You are mean to me and you never appreciate anything that I do. Fuck you. And then he gets thrown out. Um, and then we jump uh, a little bit later to uh, just John and Ava having a little drink together where Ava is like apologizing on behalf of uh, Colin. And then uh, uh, she, like, goes to the bathroom or something, and uh, Tate Voss rolls up with a gun um, and is like, all right, I'm going to fucking kill you now, and beats the shit out of Sean Bean with a... It's, is it a fire poker? Yeah, it's a, it's very much a fire poker. And um, at this point, um, John Parsh is completely alone with Ava, and then when mm-hmm. Ava goes to the bathroom, it's just... Uh, this is, like, after the party. Yeah, um, this is after the party. Yeah, Tate Voss shows up and just, you know... This is the hotel lobby. Yeah, absolutely fucking wangs uh, Shanban <laughs> in the fucking head with the... Um, <laughs> <laughs> with the uh the fire poker. I'm sorry. <laughs> he does get wanged. He gets wanged to shit. A, a lot of people get wanged in this movie, but Sean Sean Bean takes it right to the head. Yeah, multiple and, times. Yeah, and uh and we actually get a scene um as uh as uh John Pars is like struggling on the ground covering up. Um uh Voss Tate just jams the fire poker into uh the eye socket just like into his mouth into it, into his mouth 
actually. Oh yeah, and then it pops the eyeball out, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's really fucking gnarly. Um and like you can hear like the gurgling sounds of uh of John Pars as he struggles to, uh to like stop uh uh stop Tate from making him deep throat this fire poker. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> It really, it really is nasty. And you think like, oh yeah, chalk up another one on the Shanban um, death corpse count. list. Yeah, because then Ava, because then Ava walks in is like, oh fuck, oh my god. And then uh, uh, Tate Voss like plugs her in the back with a with a couple of gunshots. Yeah. Um, it doesn't finish the job though, and so he follows her out to the hallway where she is like crawling and like struggling to get past, and um. He just like we get this really cool wide we get this really nice wide shot of him standing over her, of Tate Voss standing over Ava with the gun and just pow right in the kisser. Yeah, just yeah, and and the scene plays out dead silent. Like there's like aside from like the 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 uh, the inter like the intermittent sounds of like the of like the 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 hallway and stuff like. Mm-hmm. It's a very minimal soundtrack during the scene. And uh, so, yeah, Ava's done. She's been shot in the head. And, you know, uh, John Parse is just laying on the floor, just, like, bleeding out. Um, it's at this point where um, uh, Tate Voss... Voss tries to... Tate Voss tries to take control of the body and make it make her kill herself. Yeah. But she can't pull the trigger with the gun in her mouth for whatever reason. And then, like the body, like rebels against her and stabs it, stabs it in the brain, like se- like ve- severely damaging the connection between, uh, t- between Voss, who is like currently comatose in the in the uh, in the animus, and Tate. But like with Tate, with Voss on the other end of that connection, like Voss does not return to the animus. Voss is very much still inside that brain spot. Yeah, it's a it's a very much a kind of limbo that uh, she exists in psychically. Really, yeah. in a, in a way, it's kind of like um, when the implant is destroyed. Uh, it's kind of like um like a like a like a brain web kind of like it's like implants and there's like this like lace that goes over the brain. Uh-huh. Um, the it's like the the web like traps uh, Voss inside Tate's subconscious, um, and so. Tate is like pretty panicky. It's like it's like him f- pretty much fully taken over at this point. He's walking down the street covered in blood, and um, if that ain't white privilege, I don't know what is really. Cause like he's walking by tons of people wearing a suit and looking very visibly distraught with like blood covering his chest, and nobody even asks him, "Hey, dude, what's up? Why you have blood you in your chest? Yeah, you good?" You know, and then uh, he's being tailed by um, the agency because they realize that things have gone bad. And in the midst of um, of Tate sort of like regaining control, there are visions that flash by, and we actually see a vision of um, John Parse, uh, who survived the attack. Yes, he he made it out. Yeah, and and he's in a wheelchair and he looks fucked up, but uh, he's alive, and so. Yep. You know, very much like, uh, very much in a position where like the job's unfinished. So uh, Tate goes to Rita's house. Yeah, friend Rita, the the girl he was like, there the girl who he was like wink wink nod nodding at earlier. Yeah, and he's like, uh, uh, he's like very distraught. And this is absolutely incredible performance from this guy here. This uh, this fucking uh, 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 
like really really like everyone in this movie is like on their a game but like anytime someone has to pull like multiple duty of like playing a character and then playing a character with someone else in the with someone else like, playing this like someone anyone anytime someone plays multiple characters in the movie i'm like wow that's pretty cool like and and i think i think christopher abbott does a fucking phenomenal job of that in this very much so i was very much impressed by his performance and it was one of those it was one of those performances where um you know having like the idea of like another personality inside you like it can get really fucking problematic really quickly but but um they don't go there it's like it's played straight like you know tate is somebody who's suffering in silence right now because he knows like that was him who did the thing with the poker that was him that um that that killed ava but he just at this point he doesn't know why right he, he knows that there's something in him but he doesn't know why i think that this movie does a really skirts a very very difficult line to skirt which is making a movie about this without being like offensive like just offensively dis, dis like just offensively mean to like plural people and plurality as a concept yeah like, and I think I think it mainly helps that like they don't really attempt to play in that space whatsoever. Like exactly, I I, th- I, I think that like I I mean I'm I, I myself am not plural. I, I but I, I I think that like the fact that they are not trying to do that is uh, <laughs> a big step in that. But also it just feels like it feels like it is treated with a respect that it is not given in other movies like like if that makes any sense like yeah no absolutely. I, I don't know like it's it's this is one of my favorite things to see an actor do and to like because I, I i looked at like i don't know like fucking split for example that movie fucking sucks yeah but um what the fuck's his name who james, was the main guy james, in that james mcavoy james mcavoy thank you um when you tell me james mcavoy is playing like a handful of different characters i'm like that sounds like an interesting thing to watch just from an acting perspective, but it's always so wrapped up in that shittiness. And I, I, I appreciate this movie giving me one of my favorite things. Just, I love that shit. Body swap shit, body swap shit. Also. I I just love that shit. Yeah. And, 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 and again, it's one of those situations where the trope really does depend on the person who's using it. And so, you know, this is really a movie about possession. This is a very much a movie that right. This it's is called a, Possessor. Yeah, yeah. We're we're in a we're in a demonic possession movie, but it's a movie about the living possessing the living, and so we can play in this space where um, there's multiple personalities inhabiting the same body, but we don't have to be shitty about it. Right. Right. Exactly. This is yeah. It's good. Yeah. I like this movie a lot. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, so this is when this is when shit starts getting really off the rails because um, Tata, Tate, uh, Tate is like back in control, kind of, but Rita goes to take a shower and suddenly Tate no longer seems to be in control. Now Vaz is taken over. Yeah. Uh, because she just puts a hole in Rita's head, and I think this is I think this is genuinely incredible. We don't see what this looks like. All we see is we see like Rita showering behind like the fogged up shower behind the fogged up glass in the shower. Yeah. And we see like, they do a really cool thing where like we see in a reflection, we see Vaz in Tate's clothes, like with the gun trained on her. And then we hear the shot and we do not see what happens until like 20 minutes later when Tate is experiencing some extreme brain problems. 
Yeah. And then we and then we do see the scene and and it's very interesting. It's very it's very well done. I think like there are a couple of scenes um, in the second and third act where they do this. Um, and there's one part very much later where um, it is physically um, Tasia Valls's head on um, on Colin's body. And it's just, it's just like Mwah, so beautifully done. Um, yeah, so, uh, uh, Rita dies, and while, um, while Colin is, like, back in control and panicking, uh, there's a knock at the door, and we meet, again, for the second time, uh, this guy named Eddie. Eddie works for Voss's company, and he's a plant. He's somebody who was scouting Colin for the job. And right. so, and so, uh, Eddie, who we, f we first met Eddie at the beginning of, um, Colin's shift at that job at the, um, the data mining place. And yeah. so when we meet him again, you know, um, he, uh, Eddie's like, oh yeah, I know Rita. Yeah. Give me, give me a drink. And then when Colin turns around, Eddie tases Colin in the back of the head, uh, and then Colin wakes up and, uh, Eddie explains all that stuff. Yeah. And then, and then. Uh yeah, he's he's like, hey, uh, so I've suppressed the host body. You should be fully in control now for the most part. Uh, go ahead and knock yourself. Go ahead and knock yourself off. Here's the gun. And Voss is like, can't you fucking do it? And uh, the, this line fucking got me because uh, Eddie's like, oh, no, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah but, then, but then he, but then he's like, also like Gerder said, Gerder, your handler says that like it, it should only ever be the person inflicting this the wound on themselves. It should never be another party because then they feel guilty. Blah, 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 blah. You got to do it. Sorry, bud. Yeah. There could be no which, loose ends. Which makes me curious about that. I mean, yeah, there no no loose ends, but I'm also thinking about like I it's present it's presented as there's a, like a genuine logistical thing preventing someone else from pulling the trigger. Um actually no, never mind. That's nothing because the 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 first the first like suicide is like suicide by cop uh, instead of eating instead of eating one's own bullet. So it's it has nothing to do with someone else taking the shot. Uh, yeah, because yeah. because cops because cops have no conscience and they don't care about the fact that they killed someone, no guilt. So, for sure. And there's also this like subtle undertone of like, not only am I not going to shoot you because I'm Christian, which is a very funny line, but it also <laughs> but it also obscures this kind of negging that Eddie does to Tasia, which uh -huh. is that like you fucked up, John's still alive, so right. So I'm not going to cover up your mess. So, you know, go ahead and just do it yourself. Cause like, you know, like you've done enough. You've, you've, you've fucked up enough. You can at least do this to yourself. And the idea of like, um, there's this, there's this, um, phenomenon that happens in, um, some corporate structures where, um, when a business is about to fail or like come under scrutiny, um, some of the board executives will hire, um, will appoint one of their own who's a who's a woman to the uh, CEO position because if she inherits the sinking ship and the ship fails then it's just like oh well the heat's taken off of the people who were actually responsible for that failure and so Tasia is you know mentally in 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 Tate's body but Tate is so it's this scene where physically what's happening in the scene is, um, Colin is being nagged by another male figure. And it's a very interesting scene in, from that perspective. The idea that, like, 
you know, um, Tate is this fuck up, and you know, so is Voss, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's oh, it's good. Thematic parallels. For sure, for sure. And um, um, so what happens now is like one of, I think the second best scene. I mean, the end of this movie is like fucking tremendous, but I think this scene in particular is like the real showstopper for me. Oh yeah. Where we we um, so Eddie like hooks uh, Voss up to this machine and is like, okay, we're gonna try and like do some frequencies here and try and figure something out. Uh, this might be a bit of a pain in the ass, but just bear with us. And like. Like, it's, it's, oh, it's so fucking cool. Cause it's like, we get like five seconds of Tate laying face up on the, on the bed. And then there's like a, just a, a cut. And like from the exact same angle, exact same everything, the room is just flooded in red light. And then it's Voss on the bed wearing the same clothing as Tate. And then we get two, we get five seconds of that and then snap back to the original with the same angle snap back to Voss and we see the door opening snap back to the original back with Tate snap Voss and then Tate is like in the red red like Tate is in the room and like all of a sudden climbing on top of Voss and like choking her and then like he puts his hand on her face and like crushes it and then puts her face on his face and again I'm going to point and say it's genders it's fucking genders <laughs> yes yes oh my god the scene where um, there's this like primary color of red and yellow, yes. and then they flip between the two, and it's the same shot, but it's just different people in the bed. And then the visual of Colin, like like climbing on top of Ava in the bed, and like straddling her, and then turning her face into a mask that he then wears, is yeah. if you've if you have seen any promotional uh, poster for the for the film, you have seen this face that is mm. um, that which um, Colin is wearing, and when Colin wears this um, wears this uh, this mask, we get flashes of Colin wearing that mask in scenes that we have already seen Ava in, but with Colin there. In the face, like we see, we see her like we see the shot of like Michael like fucking Voss, and we see like we see Tate with with Voss mask on, and it's so, oh, yeah, it's it is so incredibly creepy, scary, but also kind of like weirdly tender and powerful, because there's like it's like somebody is being put in somebody else's shoes, literally. Mm -hmm. And and you know the idea of masking and like what masking really means yes, psychologically yes. and like um, there's a scene where like like the idea of like pastoral scenes where um, Voss is pretending to be a mom to her uh, to her child and a and a and a wife to her husband and then like there's Colin there in her place like this movie is genders one hundred thousand percent. It's fucking good. Yeah. It uh and it's during this the scene where um where Colin is being you know given the picture book version of Ava's life where you know we cut to um the scene where um we're back in the room Eddie's dead. He's been Yeah, Eddie's yeah, Eddie's fucking his head his head just did that. We we and then we see um uh what happens to Rita and 
you know, this is the scene we get, we where... Get the, and we get the shot of her, like, with the with a hole in her face where the, where the bullet went through, like, right after the... What would have been right after the gunshot. Yeah, and... Which we hadn't seen up until that point. I'll say again, fuck. Yeah, and during that flip book of, uh, of Ava's memories, Colin sees the house. Yeah, that, that... the house and Michael and Ira. Yeah, and so our next scene... Uh, is, you know, Tate standing at the very end of that, of that, uh, yep. that street looking down. And he walks down. up to Ira and is like, hello, Ira, do I know you? Oh, I don't think I do. And then Michael comes out of the house at the end of the road and is like, hey, Ira, get the fuck in here. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Tate, uh, rolls up on the house and is like, hey, uh, I, I'm a friend of, I'm a friend of Vaz's. Uh, can I, can I talk to you real quick? And the guy's like, uh, you, she doesn't live here anymore, man. I gotta... By. And then uh, Colin just forces his way in with the gun um, and is like, he gives this fucking incredible, like, like speech that I'm not going to attempt to replicate here. But the thing that's really sticking out to me is, are you married to her? Or are you married to the worm? Yeah. And, 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 you know, that comes after Tate asks the basic questions like, do you know me? Do you know who I am? Where's right. where's Tasia? You know, what and, did Tasia do to me? Yeah, and and um, the the monologue that uh, Tate gives about the worm is is something that 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 happens and is being delivered ostensibly by somebody who we are introduced to Colin as a fuck up, as a as a person who doesn't have any thing to say, any value. He's just an asset to the company that's going to use him for this murder. Right. And so uh-huh. when he says this thing about parasites and worms, um, it is such a, these are the most amount of words that he ever says in a row. Um, is this yeah. monologue because he's very quiet. He's very in his head. He's very, um, distraught throughout most of the movie. It's like, that's a movie that's a scene that I don't think I ever see in any other kind of like exorcism or possession films where a person who is being possessed has an extended monologue about the nature of their own possession. Um, and you know, um, you know, uh, so after Tate does this monologue, he, um, you know, he's like very much like getting ready to like, you know, threaten Michael's life if he doesn't tell him where uh, Voss is. And then um, in, in the struggle, uh, there's a struggle that ensues. Um, uh, the gun gets thrown away, uh, gets kicked away. And instead of shooting Michael, uh, Colin Tate just absolutely fucking destroys him with a meat cleaver. With a, with a meat cleaver. And it's so fucking sick. Um, yeah. And then... Having taken care of that, he's like, all right, uh, T- Tate Voss is like, all right, pull me out, pull me out, um, and uh, cannot, again, pull the trigger. And then we get a close-up of Tate's neck as a knife pierces it the exact same way that we see that we saw the lawyer's neck get pierced with that steak knife at the start of the movie. Um, and it turns out that Ira is standing there with a knife in his hand, having just stabbed Tate in the neck, and... Um, Tate grabs the Tate grabs the gun and it's we now know that it's we we can tell now that it's actually Voss in control. Yeah. Um. As she blasts her child's, we get like the shot from the back of like this child's head exploding and the gore, like the gore in this. Oh, it is so delectable. 
Yeah, and um, we we get that. Listen pre- now. Let me let me be clear. <laughs> I hate to see children die. Yeah, but if they're if the, if it's in a movie and their heads explode like that, who am I to say if it's who am I to say if it's good or bad? Yeah, um, we should also uh, rewind just a little bit in between the monologue and the struggle. There's a bit where um, Tate is standing in that living room, pointing the gun at Michael, and then. Voss confronts yes, Tasia confronts Colin and they're both wearing the same clothes and they're talking to each other and Colin is talking to Tasia for the first time this is the first this is the only conversation that they have is in this sort of like ghostly hallucinatory state mm-hmm. Colin says I haven't been myself lately I and you know and 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 Tasia who Keep bear in mind was in control of Colin Tate's body while she was doing all these these uh these horrible things, so, like looks at Colin and says, "Where's Ava?" She literally talks to Colin as if and and gaslights him to his face while she is possessing his body. Yes, while she is in full control, while she is gaining full control of her body. She is actively telling the person who she is victimizing, Colin, that it's him who's in control. And it's yeah. and then and then then the struggle happens and then Michael dies and we get this sense of feeling that like Ava kind of wants Voss kind of wanted this. Yeah, yeah, that 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 Tasia really kind of wanted Michael and Ira to die. Right, because this is this is what Gerder wants. This is the the emotional attachment gone. And when and and in that scene where we where we see Ira standing um, after uh, Ira has stabbed uh, Tate, um, when when uh, when we get the shots of like the gun firing at Ira, it's uh-huh. it's Tasia's face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's screaming at him while she fires at him. Right. And then as, as uh, Ira and Tate are both bleeding out on the floor, uh, Ira says, pull me out. And we find out that that's Gerder inside there the whole time, but not before we get this fucking delectable, beautiful shot uh, from the two above, from the two of them or them both like bleeding out to death and their blood pooling on the floor. And then like their pools of blood merge into one. And then we cut back to the animus where, uh, where, Tazia and Gerda are both being retrieved. Yeah, and very crucially, um, you know, we have the scene where they're both being pulled out, and then we get we hear their voice before we get cut to that scene. But it's the um, it's the debrief again, the same exact one after the Holly Bergman um, killing, um, where um, you know she talks about the pipe that her grandpa gave uh, that 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 was her grandpa's that she received. Um, before uh, after he died because she never met him, um, and then we get to the butterfly, the the red butterfly that's in the the frame, mm-hmm. and uh, you know very crucially at the beginning of the movie, uh, Ava, uh, sorry Tasia, sorry I keep I keep fucking up their names, yeah. uh, v- Voss Voss says I that she was guilty after she killed and mounted the butterfly, but. Yeah. But she, she this time. She yeah, she does not say that she feels guilty. And 
it's on a static shot of the butterfly in the flame in the frame that the movie ends. It's a good fucking movie. <sighs> it's uh the movie really kind of just does whatever the fuck it wants, but like with such with such intention. Yes. Behind it. Um the movie is not afraid to show you people fucking people having the worst days of their lives, children mm-hmm. dying, people getting fucking stabbed and mangled. Um but there's such um there is a there is a a narrative that is unfolding in all of that violence, which you can't really say um about um most horror films. On a scale of 0 to 5 uh uh girl masks. What what can uh, I say? Can I, I, I say? Can I, can I say zero out of five girl cocks? <laughs> yeah, I'll let you say. It. On a scale of zero to five girl cocks, how many girl cocks are you gonna give this movie? <laughs> I hate. I hate that I said that. I apologize. <laughs> no, you 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 said it. You can't unpull that trigger, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm gonna. Give how it many f- girl cocks are you giving this movie? <laughs> I'm gonna give it five. I'm also giving it five girl cocks. Thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for playing. We don't have any questions today. So, uh, John, what are you going to recommend this week on Fear Baiting? What am I going to recommend? Well, you know, I thought about it, um, and, 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 I, and I have one recommendation. So, there's a YouTube channel run by a filmmaker. His name is Alex Kansas, um, and you can search him up on YouTube by typing in the words Alex Kansas, all in caps, uh, and as one word, um, he's a filmmaker from Florida and he makes these really creepy, scary, unsettling videos that are in like this, like web series, not unlike Marble Hornets, um, where he plays this archivist character, um, except the, the, the pieces of media that he is, um, uh, uncovering from, um, from uh and, and posting on YouTube are artifacts from a parallel dimension where James Dean becomes president um all of the national monuments are occupied by eldritch creatures um uh there's a co- there's a computer company a personal computer company that like is running secret experiments uh there's an incredible array of of uh short films um uh, he does a series called the Monument uh, Mythos, which is the eldritch uh, beings in national monuments. And, um, yeah, just a really fucking fantastic web series. If you love Marble Hornets, if you love, like, dark web series like that, um, mm-hmm. do check these out because they're, like, they give you that sense of, like, creepiness that, like, documentaries give you, but also that, like, there's a little bit of, like... Um, like Cthulhu mythos in there. It's just great. It's just fantastic. Look up Alex Kansas on YouTube and the monument mythos. Hell yeah. Uh, my recommendation this week is going to be another anime I've been watching this season. Uh, it's called to your eternity. And it's a really hard one to give a summary of. Cause like the, so the, the, the start of the story is that God unleashes an orb onto the world and the orb is designed to just gather stimulus. And when it gathers stimulus from something that dies next to it, it will uh, become that thing, which it 
it starts the first thing that it turns into is a wolf because a wolf like dies while falling on top of it in like the arctic north where it first lands and then that wolf turns out to belong to a boy of like a, a local village and it's this really really i just cannot figure out where the show is going next it's been very sad but it's very much about like very much about learning how to exist it's very much a show about existing as a person and like learning and also a show that's a lot about death in a very like not like comforting isn't the right word for it but it's like it it's a show that's very much a maybe comforting is the right word like it is a show that's very much about death but it's about death as like a factor a factor of life and not death as some nebulous terrifying thing of the beyond which i mean it kind of is but like i i appreciate the show like taking the the like looking at death as just like a, a facet of life and it's also got an absolute fucking baby in it <laughs> that's awesome um yeah uh, the name of that anime again is it to your eternity it's on crunchyroll awesome i will definitely check that out that's all right yeah it's it's uh yeah, I love when when anime tackles like themes that are, uh, you know, a little bit more out there and and, yeah. and surreal and stuff. So yeah, it's I'm, really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, John, where can people find you? Thank you again so much for coming on. Ah, uh, it's my pleasure. I thank you so much for having me. And yeah, like it's just one of those things that we're like, I love horror movies so much, and this show is like the best. Like movie recommendation thing i've ever come across and like like this this podcast is so good like the episode about um lake mungo scared me like <laughs> and that's and that just doesn't happen with other with other podcasts but Thank about you. horror uh yeah so you can all find me on twitter uh, uh unfortunately you can find me at flourish caster um there's a retweet uh um on fear baiting's twitter where um Sarah added me, so find me Check on there. Out. Yeah, uh, and uh, you can also listen to my radio show, The Sound of Shadows, which airs uh, online at cfmu.ca on Thursday nights at midnight Eastern time. Hell yeah. Um, we are Fear Baiting on Twitter and Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Fear Baiting supports the podcast. One buck a month. If we get the episodes up early, they go up. We don't get them up all that, er that early all that often. So if you just want to support the podcast, that's also the great way to do it. One buck a month. Five buck a month. Get your name right on the podcast and a brief message if you want to send that in. Ten bucks a month. All that stuff. And you get to make a make us watch a movie. So thank you very much to Ducky Aisha, Paul Moran, hmm, Kit Spindler, Michael Kaiser, and Paul Bechtel. We love you all so much. Thank you to Noisepace.xyz, which hosts this and so many other fantastic podcasts, including many that I am affiliated with, such as The Wonder Yerks, which is an Animorphs podcast that I do with musician of this podcast, Seda, and editor of this podcast, Blair. You can find um, Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die. It's a leftism podcast that I do with a bunch of my friends, including John present here. Woo! Uh, they, uh, you can listen to Special Grade Snacks, which is a Jujutsu Kaisen watch-along podcast that uh, we finished a couple of months ago. You should go listen to that and also watch Jujutsu Kaisen. It's good anime. Uh, and I believe... Oh, yeah. I'm on Twitter at SunHatGenya. S-U-N-H-A-T-Z-H-E-N-Y-A. You can also find Blair, uh, my aforementioned editor, on Twitter at Blair Kitch. And Seda, who does the incredible intro-outro music for this podcast. They make music as people you meet outside of bars. Head to GayGothVibes.online for more of that. I believe that's everything. So until next time, I'm Sarah. And I'm John. 
And remember, you can put a fucked up guy anywhere. Good night, everyone.